I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, orientation, and all the life that happens around it. So last year, yes, I was so happy to get out of elementary. You were, even though you worked nonstop, like, like you had five jobs all at once. I was hired for three preps, is what they're called, three different topics to teach. And then I was given five. Yes. And then, I think I talked about this before, the parent base was nuts. Entitled kids, entitled parents emailing me five to ten emails a day the weeks before school was even starting. Ten to twenty a day after school started. It was, I, it was almost like having you in graduate school again. No, you, thank you. You were up to all hours grading papers and doing things and answering emails and getting up at five something and doing it again. I was. And I'll be getting up at five something again soon, but mm-hmm. that's okay. Th- this year was a little different. It was. It was. And at the end of last year, speaking of those entitled children and their parents, over the course of the last year, I was asked to be the staff advisor for the QSA at that school I was teaching for. Yes. And I thought that that might bring down some potential parent ire. It can. It can. You're making kids queer. You're recruiting. I try and tell them that's not how it works. They don't believe me. Closet full of toasters or something. Toaster ovens for the queers, the new ones. It's a welcoming gift. (laughs) I got you now. It took me a minute. You're too old for that joke, huh? Wait, I am too old. You're too young for that joke. There we go. Uh-huh. It's the word things again. <laughs> I love you so much. Anyhow. So welcoming gifts, yes. Mm-hmm. Now I understand. Mm-hmm. Toaster ovens were not the welcoming gifts when I was... Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> None of us got toaster ovens, dear. But go ahead with your story. <laughs> I never even got the agenda. I keep hearing about the agenda. Nobody has the agenda. I want the fucking agenda. (laughs) It wasn't in my welcome packet. (laughs) Anyway, I was a little bit concerned about parent problems, but I had my administration on board and they were completely supportive of me. I also have always made a habit of modeling the deconstruction of my own privilege, acknowledging and working to actively dissemble the structures that maintain me as a more privileged person. Right. I am white. I am class privileged. I have the privilege of education. I have the privilege of passing for cis, passing for straight, of being marginally gender conformative, performative. Performative. Yes. Yeah, that's the one. And I actively, in the classroom, whenever it is pertinent to the content that we are learning, or pertinent to whatever side discussions I choose to engage with for the sake of relationship building with my students, I actively model disassembling those structures of privilege. And apparently, that was bothering some people way more than me being queer. You were bothering their privilege? I was bothering their privilege. Hmm. There were a handful of kids in this program. I was teaching the quote-unquote academically advanced students, high school math for middle school students. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them were there less because they were academically capable and more because their parents had bought their place. Mm -hmm. So as I'm actively dismantling these structures of privilege, some of them are getting a little bit butthurt. And round about May, I get 
an email from my principal that says, please come talk to me. I go talk to her and she says, you're being placed on leave. Yes. And that was me because then you ended up with dealing with my mother when she'd be at the hospital and I wasn't. Yes. Yeah. So that was me. It was May. And she says, you're being placed on leave and I can't tell you why. And I was thinking at that point that it was probably related to the allegations with our own child that something had come through that shouldn't have from the state because they had already done things 12 different ways backwards. Yeah, but you had some suspicion it probably wasn't and, and uh, you know, that there was other possibilities. I knew it was either someone complaining about me being queer and affirming queer students, someone concerned about me modeling the disassembly of privilege or something to do with our number two child. I knew it was one of those three things. Mm -hmm. Over the course of the following month and a half, there was an investigation. I was out of the classroom for the remainder of the school year, which was a blessing because then I was able to be your mother's caretaker when you were not. Yes. And help the rest of us when we needed caretaking. Right? (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, do all the running, do all the errands, do all the hospital visits, do all the shuttling and taxiing of everyone except our number two child. Mm -hmm. Eventually, I get called in for this conference about my leave, and they say, you have been accused of bullying. And I said, a what now? (laughs) Yeah, that wasn't on my list. (laughs) (laughs) And so it turns out that there had been one student who, way back in September, like the beginning of the year, had felt bothered by the fact that he was not performing as well in my class as his parents thought he should. I was teaching a class designed for 98th percentile students. And not to assign any value judgments, this is purely based on what the content is geared for. Smarter is not better. Mm -hmm. More capable is not better. But a lot of these families think that. And so if their kid is in the top level of classes, they think that their kid is more valuable. And if we are telling them that their kid is not suited for this top level of classes, and if we are telling them that their kid is best suited for a different class, they're thinking that we are saying their kid is less valuable. And a lot of these kids internalize that. And so this one kid thought I was... And so do their parents, apparently. Well, and so there was this one kid who thought that I was a shitty teacher because he wasn't learning. This kid is a 70th, 80th percentile student. He is definitely above average, Mm -hmm. but not 98th percentile above average. And if you think back to your high school statistics class, there is an entire standard deviation between 75th and 95th percentile. Mm -hmm. There's as much difference between what he could do and what he was expected to do as there was between an above average student and a low performing student. And so he took that as I was a shitty teacher and he was not getting what he needed and he was going to get me fired. That was in September he decided that. In September he decided he was going to get me fired. Right. He started talking to his classmates about it. They made a complaint to the administration about it because they knew I'm a kick-ass teacher and they did not want to lose me. Mm -hmm. The administration followed through and said, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. And then in May, he decided to make a complaint about me being prejudiced against the white kids. I'm I'm racist. Nobody else can see how white you are except me because I'm (laughs) sitting across from you. You're the white person that needs the like extra bright makeup stuff. Okay, like my suntan, my deepest summer suntan makeup is called medium light. Mm -hmm. I am so fucking white. Mm -hmm. But 
But apparently you... Because I model dismantling that privilege and because he felt terribly put upon. There's a saying that when you are accustomed to privilege, equality feels like oppression. Mm -hmm. He felt oppressed by the equality in my classroom. And because I modeled dismantling my class privilege and my race privilege, he took that as me being racist against white people and made a bullying complaint. Yep. So I go into this conference and they say, you're accused of bullying. And I said, a what now? (laughs) And they said, so here are the things that a student said you did. And here are the explanations given by his classmates about what happened in class surrounding these events. And here are the things that people said that corroborate what he is saying. And here is the evidence that counteracts what he's saying. And so the long and short of it was they came to the determination that there was bullying, but I had not been the bully. If I had been the bully, they would have said, we have found you guilty of bullying. Right. What the final finding said was, we found evidence of the existence of bullying, Mm -hmm. which basically means that the person who was doing the bullying has too much influence in town, or their parents do, Mm -hmm. for us to actively accuse them of bullying. But because there was bullying found to have happened in your classroom, you needed to have managed your classroom better to avoid bullying. I'm getting reprimanded for being a victim. Mm -hmm. What the fuck? So at that point, I decided that I was not going to go back, which I had kind of already decided that I was not going to go back to that position that year. I had taken this position knowing that there were some strings attached that I had to jump through some hoops to be able to keep the position. And Certif- I, certifications, extra certifications. Extra certifications, licensing fees, classes to take. I decided at that point, it's not worth it for me to jump through those hoops if this is the environment I'm going to be working in. Mm-hmm. So I ended up basically with my position being dissolved out from under me. And I went into the dissolution transfer process. Mm-hmm. And this dissolution transfer process happens to a couple dozen teachers in our county every year. As student numbers are shuffled, as families move into and out of our area, jobs open up and jobs disappear. Mm-hmm. And teachers whose positions have been dissolved are basically put into a hiring pool. Mm-hmm. My name was put into this hiring pool and the person who I had left in the music department was clearly feeling some kind of way about it. And she had said when I left her that she had felt some kind of way about it. Mm -hmm. She decided to pick me up and put me way out, not only in town, not only across town. She wanted to put me in the village to the other side of town, past town, where I would have to drive down into town, drive past town, take a turn, and drive another half hour past town. Out to the boonies. Out to the boonies. An hour's drive there, an hour's drive back every day. You know this because our number three child has a friend out that way. Yes. Our number three child does have a friend out that way. And I've driven her there and it's an hour's drive. And I will not take her to visit that friend anymore unless she has a ride one direction or the other. I will give her one direction of travel. Mm -hmm. I will not give her both directions of travel. I am not driving an hour there and an hour back. And then the next day picking her up, driving there an hour and mouth. Yeah. Yep. Fuck. That. So anyway, I was ready. Plus it wasn't even one... One place. No. And that's the other thing. She had me working at like one school in the morning and a different school in the afternoon, teaching like kindergartners at one school all morning and teaching like third graders at a school in a, in the afternoon. And how come school. you were teaching math and the music department picked you back up? Because in the dissolution transfer process, they guarantee that you will have a salaried position the following year. 
I have our district's equivalent of tenure, but all they guarantee you is that you will have a job and that it is something that you are legally qualified to do. Mm -hmm. I have a certification in music. I have a certification in math. So when my name was put in that pool, I could have put in for... I could have been picked up by a math position. There was one open. Mm-hmm. I did not get picked up by that, probably because I got picked up by the music person first. Mm-hmm. She was going to put me through it. Mm-hmm. And I was ready to put in for leave at that point. Mm-hmm. I was like, I will take a year's leave. I know that this boss came from another state, intended to stay here long enough to get vested in our retirement program, and intends to leave within the next year. Mm -hmm. I was ready to put in for leave and do odd jobs, work in retail, do something, Mm -hmm. sub with the school district. Not deal with her. Not deal with her, if that's how she was going to play me. Mm -hmm. And then I get a call from a woman who I've worked with before who has been teaching in our district for some years, and who has had a mentoring role in the music department for, I think, two years now. Mm -hmm. And she says, hey, Jess, I'm calling because I am your new coordinator, and it looks like you're getting ready to take leave. Is there anything I can do to help that not happen? Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, you can get me a job in town where I don't have to drive an hour to and from, and I'm not driving to multiple locations in a day. Mm -hmm. and where I will have one position and one set of administrators to deal with and one set of staff to deal with, and what have you got? Mm -hmm. And she says, well, there's one in town. It's at a really ancient school in the middle of town with a really low-income population. She says this like it's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, that's totally my jam. Mm -hmm. And I don't really want to go back to elementary. Mm -hmm. But if that's the only option that's available to me, then I'll take it. You'll take it over Timbuktu or try and scrape together some jobs. I will. Subbing doesn't make half of what I would be making on a salary. So I said, yes, I will take this. She says, but it's only for one year because you'll be covering someone's leave while they're going on hiatus to finish their degree. Mm -hmm. And I said, that's okay. I only plan on being in elementary for one year anyway. I want to get back into high school. Mm -hmm. And she says, oh, good. I'll send you the paperwork. Mm -hmm. So this is all happening as we are at Love Loud. Yes. We go to Utah Mm-hmm. And I'm waiting for a call back from her, from my new boss, mm-hmm. to say, here's when you can interview. Over with, the phone. Over the phone with this new principal that would like to have you work there. Mm-hmm. And I knew at this point that the interview is mostly a formality, but I also know that there is the possibility that the interview could be offered to more than one person and I might not get it. Right. So on our way back from Love Loud, yes. driving back, we were almost into town. Fortunately, because then we had reception. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or bars, as we like to call it now. <laughs> and I knew that we were, I knew that I would be expecting this call any minute. And I was like, okay, we're almost into town. I should be able to find a place to pull over. And I take the phone call driving and she says, okay, I've got this principal on the phone with me. Are you ready for this interview? And I'm like, um, give me a second to find the next exit. And so this principal and this administrator are waiting for me to pull over and I've got them on the speakerphone in the car mm-hmm. doing this interview with them. And then she calls me back an hour later and says, yes, you've got the job. It was really just a formality. You're in. Mm-hmm. Are you sure you don't mind that it's one year only? No problem. Yes, please. Only one year. I don't want more than that in an elementary school again. You don't even want that, but you take it over the other options. Yes, that is exactly it. And so over this process, you know, all summer I had been applying for other jobs as well. 
Yep. I had been applying for math jobs. I had been applying for mentoring jobs. I had been applying for a couple jobs at the State Department of Education. Again, you know, we live a half hour from the city. Mm -hmm. And so... I knew that all of these were long shots, that mm -hmm. there would probably be people because with... Because you've done this every year. Because I've done this every year. Because I have all of the skills they need in spades, but the fact that other people will have better receipts, better demonstrated capability using those skills for those specific applications. Mm -hmm. Whether or not I would be a better fit doesn't matter if they have better previously demonstrated capabilities. Mm -hmm. So I had been applying for jobs with the state, jobs with the county, jobs with the city, jobs with the district, with the school district, and not getting anything. Mm -hmm. I thought I had all been passed summer over long. for everything all summer long. Mm -hmm. And then the first week of school which just started, I got an email saying, you have been selected to interview for this position with the state. Mm -hmm. I said, oh, I thought I had missed that job. Mm -hmm. I thought they picked someone else. Damn. I texted a buddy of mine who I used to teach with who works at the state. Mm -hmm. And I said, what can you tell me about this job? Mm -hmm. And he said, your boss is awesome. And I was like, oh shit, I'd be working for you, wouldn't I? <laughs> He says, yeah. And I said, okay, so what is the position? And he describes it to me. Because you always call them when there's a state job and you're applying for it. I do. Yeah. This is this is the way it's gone. You know, like knows. I said, I've been applying for these state jobs for a year or two now. Three. No, only two because they don't take people who don't have a master's. Okay. Maybe two and a half because I was finishing my master's. Anyway, I email back. I say, here are the options. You know, I can take any of these appointment time slots for an interview. I go do my interview. I send my thank you note yesterday. Mm -hmm. And then I texted my buddy who had been in on this interview process because he would be my boss. Right. And I said, okay, so even if I don't get selected, after you have the option to tell me anything, can I get your feedback on my interview? Mm -hmm. Because I have been to interview after interview after interview, and I'm not getting picked up for anything, and I can't figure out what the fuck is going on. Mm-hmm. And he knows a fair amount of that because he's talked to you. He knows a fair amount of this because he's talked to me. And because he listens to us. Hi, boss. <laughs> um, he is a good family friend. Yes. We've, no we've known him. We've had him and his wife over for dinner. He, his wife went wedding dress shopping with me is when you and I were getting married. Mm -hmm. So I texted him and I said, whether you select me or whether you pick somebody else who's going to be a better fit for your team, I will not be offended, but I want your feedback. Mm -hmm. Because I have been interviewing for everything, and I am confused as fuck. I can't figure out what the hell is going on. Mm -hmm. Because half of these jobs, I'm not even getting calls back after my interview. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's just because in the middle of nowhere, everyone's an asshole, and they don't call back the applicants that they don't select. Could be. And he texts me back right away today and said, when can we get together for coffee or a drink or something? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, if he's inviting me out for coffee or a drink, then the decision has been made and he either needs to hire me or break it to me that he didn't. Mm -hmm. And he's taking me out as a friend to do whichever of these things is happening. Mm -hmm. And so I go and I meet him at the Starborg in town. Mm -hmm. He walks in and says, I'm here to talk you out of this job because it's yours if you want it. And I'm like, hella fucking Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever get the feedback on your interview? No, I didn't. I have to talk to him about that. <laughs> you were too busy being excited? I was too busy being excited about the job, and we were talking through, you know, all the little details of the job, working with the State Department of Education, and how it's different from working with the county, and the department I'll be working at, and the details, and whatever. But 
He says, the last few people who've had this job have just been miserable, and here's why. And I say, okay, for starters, I'm already miserable. (laughs) Right. This will be an upgrade in misery. It's fine. (laughs) I'm like, at the worst, it'll be a lateral transfer. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. No kindergartners. Oh, it's got to be better. Right? Yeah. Now, admittedly, working in the State Department of Education, I will be working with... Grown kindergartners. Grown kindergartners. <laughs> I will be working with, you know, nobody goes into education unless they're a control freak. We've discussed this. Yeah, you explained it to me. I had no idea. Really. You had no idea, but then you met some other teachers and they all said exactly the same thing. I need to be in charge of things. And, and then I started paying attention to what the classrooms look like when we go to the back to school night. And I'm like, whoa, this is a lot of shit in here. And it all has to be organized. Wow. It's exactly how it works. That is totally it. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm totally down for all of this. And I'm so bloody happy. Mm-hmm. Because I thought I was going to have to spend another year with the fucking kindergartners. I, I, I kept hoping you weren't, but we've hoped and hoped for I was all so out long. of hopefulness. There's so many years of hope. I was all out of hopefulness. And I think I even said that to a number of friends. I was like, do you have any hopefulness left? Because I am completely out. I can almost see hopeful. Like when I I knew that the guy who was going to be one of my interviewers, I said, I can almost see hopeful, but I couldn't tell if he was doing me a favor because he was a personal friend and getting me into this interview process or whether he genuinely knew me as a professional and felt like I was a good fit for that job. Mm -hmm. Turns out it was the second and I am grateful. But before that, Like I said, I still couldn't find hopeful because it was still that sense of, okay, is he just telling me a nice thing because he's being a nice guy or I don't know. So anyway, I got a job and it's not a kinder job. Right. Problem is I've already started the kinder job. And and probably by the time this podcast is edited and launched, you will have the official offer. It's possible. But the problem is, like I said, I've already started teaching this year's kindergartners. Right. Because that was the reason I thought I had gotten passed over for the state job, because I thought they would want the person installed in the position before the school started. And schools are out here start early. Yeah, they do. So I thought I would be out of luck. But now I have to, in the next two or three weeks, responsibly hand off my students to another teacher after having taught them for a week and a half. Yeah, it'll be fine. It will be fine. Yep. And even if it's not fine, it won't be my problem anymore. It'll be great. (laughs) It will. People do these things all the time. Yeah, they do. Mm -hmm. So life is good. How are you doing? I feel like we talked about me all today, and that's good, but... We were going to talk about the job hunting. Anyway, we didn't know you had a job yet, but that was our plan. We We, made this plan last night. We made this plan last night before I sent my thank you letter for the interview and got that text from my buddy today. But how are you doing? I'm good. I'm glad. Yeah. I have to sit in some training the next couple of days and work has been busy and not terribly unpleasant. I like that work is not terribly unpleasant. It was a challenge for a while. There are some tasks I haven't gotten around to that that I still need to take care of, which is get a death certificate for my mom and submit that to the... HR? No, no. The companies that put the lights on. Oh, all the people who are expecting her to still pay her bills. Yeah, them. And the bank. (laughs) Utilities and stuff, yeah. Utilities, yeah, that's the word. There you go. 
I haven't managed to get around to that yet. It's not like I'm that far away from the place you go to, but I think I have to dig out my birth certificate or something. I have to look on C, and I did that once before, but I don't remember. And Anyhow, yes. I probably need to get that done because the bank might be charging exorbitant fees, and I don't know if they rewind them or what they do. Your birth certificate is accurate now, yes? It is. Good. You got that done two years ago? Three years ago? Yeah, something like that. Probably, I think it was probably just before two. we moved. So no, no, three. no I, I don't know. The thing that was done two years ago was a boy's birth certificate. Yes. It had to be fixed. Yes, that so. was done after we were living in this house. You did the other things when we were still living at the other house. Yes. So yes, your birth certificate is now accurate and you can take it as proof that you are your mother's son. Yes. It's sometimes confusing to people that I have a different last name, but that's a whole nother story, which you probably should just cut out of here. Well, I think it's pertinent because there are probably other trans guys who have changed their whole name. Right. And I changed mine a long time ago, but I never got the birth certificate changed until my medical transition. Right. So I had even a legal name change from the court, but I never changed the birth certificate until recently. Right. Or the other day, like you would say, which would be <laughs> about five years ago. Yes, that is that is a thing. Yeah. The other day could be yesterday, or it could be even earlier today, or it could depends be... on how long the day was. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so is that it for now? Probably. I was trying to think. Usually, you ask me if there's any gendery things. That's what I was going to ask my new boss as part of that, you know, feedback on my interview, because the last time I had a mock interview with a boss specifically for the purpose of figuring out what the hell is going sideways in my interviews that I keep getting called in, but then not called back. Mm -hmm. And my old principal had said, you know, you have a very dry sense of humor. You can be very brash, very um, abrupt, very, you know, all of these code words for strong woman, masculine woman, unsettling other people. Mm -hmm. And that was what I was going to ask my new boss Mm -hmm. and say, you know, hey, I know my social skills can be a little bit off-putting at times because I have a more masculine way of being in the world. Can I get feedback? What did you see? What did you hear? What about my word choice? My tone of voice? My body language? Do you have any feedback for that? And I got so caught up in the fact that, hey, I got the new job that I forgot to ask. Right. The only gendery thing I have for you is I was putting together a shed and it had instructions that were very vague. And one of the instructions I sent you a photo of because it had a... It had an arrow to a person and it said two, but it was pointing to the top of the person's head. And the person had no face and I sent it to you and the other picture was a drill. And I said, two medium men's haircuts need to put this together. So you got number zero child, and then there were two medium men's haircuts putting it together. Yes, because you didn't have the haircut to do the job. I did not. No. (laughs) Very good. That's it. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. 
If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! this down yet it's okay this is me watching to make sure that it's actually picking up the way it should very good yes am i close enough to this microphone yeah okay you always do that you say yes and then you move it closer to me (laughs) (laughs) it's true Uh uh-huh okay the the words just don't want to go in the brain you're having a rough day (laughs) No, I'm fine. Your words are My not wor- having a rough day. I don't care about the words, but <laughs> it's kind of important if I'm talking to a microphone. There's that communication thing. Yeah. I, I have yet to figure out how to do that without words. I mean, there are some things you can communicate without words. Yes. Yay. I like that you're good. Me too. We should have celebratory sex. Do we have to announce it to the whole microphone audience? It okay. was mostly because I was hoping you would be amused. Okay. <laughs> Bad Jess. Uh, you're just that kind of guy. I am. It's a big mouth. I am. Yep. It's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>